You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. You did not rewrite that. I did not rewrite that, no. <laughs> but you did good. You got, you got right. I, I heard Ooh. you starting to almost laugh. In yeah, the middle of it. Because I thought, oh, yeah, we decided this is really long. <laughs> I heard you, it seemed like you, for just a second, almost forgot your name. You I go, did. Well, you pulled notes down, put notes up. There oh, was a lot happening, and then all of a sudden it, I forgot it, it who I was. It was just disorienting. Oh, yeah. okay, sure. I was putting on the do not disturb. <laughs> I'm back. All right, good, You know good, what? Good. It's we're not. We do this in the afternoon. It's like 8.30. We have coffee. Coffee instead of whiskey. Mm. I, I mean, COVID for sure blurred the, the, the appropriate time for... Mm-hmm drinking whiskey, but I'm pretty sure it's not 8.30 in the morning. Mm. <laughs> You're unconvinced? <laughs> Let's give it a whirl, see how it goes. The longer this pandemic dry, goes on. <laughs> All right, so we uh, started last week talking about how uh, we're trying to bring some uh, specific intention to resetting mm-hmm. so many behaviors uh, that yeah. have become normative the last 18 months mm-hmm. uh, through this next month. And so we started off uh, last Sunday night uh, where we pulled together a group of people from our church uh, to have a meeting to kind of cast some vision for that. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going we're gonna to basically each week uh, recap what what God's done the week before. Sure. Pretty much yeah, is yeah. what we're doing. So we're going to circle back on uh, a few things about that meeting, and mm-hmm. it was a success. But because we're on the topic of meetings, mm-hmm. I thought this would be a fun place mm-hmm. for us to start. And mainly because I feel like I'm teeing you up to let out some rage. Oh, man. Which is one of my faves. All right. I so, saw it earlier and I was like, oh. <clears throat> biggest mm-hmm. meeting. You don't have to do one, okay? Okay. Biggest. <laughs> I was about to <laughs> I say, know. I've got a few. I want to be done with this in 40 minutes. Though, okay. So, all right. That's fair. Biggest meeting pet peeve. Um. So let's see. I, there's several. Mm-hmm. First of all, if there is not good meeting food and snacks, it's immediately a loss. Like, if you're going to have people really? for a long meeting, yeah, and and I'm sorry, so I know we're calling what we did a meeting. I guess I'm thinking in terms of, like, corporate meeting all day long. Yeah. Um, that's what I think about in terms of, but even even still, I mean, our meeting was... One hour. Yeah, and did it even go the full hour? No, we. I mean, yeah. we started late because yeah. it's a church meeting. And, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we didn't have, we had water. Yeah. But basically we did it pre-dinner. So that's, that's, so either you have to be very artful in the time choice of your meeting mm-hmm. to ensure that like, basically who wants to spoil their dinner on meeting snacks, no matter how good. So mm-hmm. we didn't need to, <laughs> or you have to have good meeting snacks and meeting food. All right. Um, so that, that's number one. Oddly um, enough, the, the snack thing doesn't matter to me at all. Well, you're That's wrong. all right. Yeah, no, it's yours. Well, I, I, I don't ha- know why we had to go personal. I was just I, making I, a... <laughs> Back from my time at Starbucks, uh-huh. I had a, a friend who 
would like she knew that the boss like it was like an eight hour day yeah and we would break for lunch which was on your own Mm -hmm. and he recommended you go buy a starbucks sandwich to help boost the sales of the store which that was a terrible idea yeah because their sandwiches their breakfast sandwiches i enjoy Mm -hmm. their lunch sandwiches are weird and they used to be really bad all the things. Yeah. All, yeah mm-hmm. So dry and gross. Back when this was. And yeah. he gave no snacks whatsoever. And he we would use this meeting room uh, of a base, a bank basement that had no windows. So it was like the most dreary ever. She finally started like bringing snacks in her purse for me. Like I was her like toddler. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like fruit snacks <laughs> and beef sticks. Dry and, Cheerios. Yeah. Stuff like that for <laughs> sure. Because she knew I just, I'd lose it and yeah. I would be distracting. So that's my you would professional be distra- career. Not distracted. You would be distracted. Yes, for sure. Because I was hungry and cranky <laughs> about it. Um, so there's that. I think another thing that um, if you're one of those people listening who like just loves getting your people together for a meeting, mm-hmm. and, and I'm talking more your staff, uh, but even even the whole church, I would just push back on the idea. I really, I think meetings are largely worthless, mm-hmm. which I know even even the title of this is a power of a good meeting. Mm-hmm. And we did have one mm-hmm. and it's like a unicorn because mm-hmm. they're, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be there. Um, the problem is you're inevitably, and we didn't, thankfully, because it was genuinely about the whole church and our direction as Mm -hmm. a church, but you're inevitably going to spend portions of time talking about things that don't matter. For example, if we had like a youth ministry, talking about the vision and the new things in the youth ministry could not matter less to me or Mm -hmm. a lot of people in our church. And so you are forced to remain engaged in things that just don't apply to you. And that's where I'm just like, even uh, in North Carolina, we would do some quarterly like sort of leadership development things, but then everything else was one-on-ones because I just think the idea of it's just ineffective. It's a waste of time. Well, it's a waste of time. And what I was about to say is if you ever sat and did the math, especially in a ministry setting on the like tithe dollar salary invested in this meeting, Mm The only thing I would say is you better have some real good content yeah. because, and it better like really move the ball down the field yeah. because it's a huge uh, financial investment as well. Yeah. So I think those two things probably. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would you? say meaningless meetings yeah. for sure. Yeah. I can't stand that. Uh-huh. Um, there's a, I mean, we don't really have very many meetings and so nah. it doesn't happen here very often, but like well, kids, oddly being, enough, kids being back in school, like there's a yeah, like sports meetings totally. and all that. And, and I'm, I just nine times out of 10 leave going like that could have been in an email. And yeah. I know why they have the meeting. It's because most people don't read an email. Uh-huh. And so we all have to waste our time sure. <laughs> coming to hear what you could have read in seven bullet points. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, just oddly enough, we're actually sitting in the room that even as we moved into this ministry center, uh-huh. as we uh, had multiple different offices, we didn't do any construction, really. We did some uh, updating, but that was about it. And we had this office that we were like, well, it's a ministry office. We must have it's a conference, conference room. room. Yeah. yeah. So we got a table and chairs. And now it's our podcast. How many studio. meetings did you have in that room? I don't think any. I ate Jimmy John's in there once. And we ate R and R. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so basically, it was basically it was like our a eating room. room. Yeah. <laughs> now it's a podcast. And an office room. doesn't need a dining room. Nope. Ergo, podcast doesn't. room. Yep. So the meaningless meetings—that's a big one. Uh-huh. And I really am like, it does drive me nuts when people are late to mm, meetings because mm. because like mm. we don't do very many. Yeah. And when we do them, they matter. Um. And being aware of the fact that most people are not super fired up about being at a meeting, having to start late because someone was not there on time. I don't love that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, 
I have a, I have just a total, we, we would lose the whole episode if I talked yeah, about the importance of being yeah. on time. However, you've got, a, you've got an article you can send people. I do. Yes. Of how George Washington viewed yeah. it. It's from the art of manliness blog and it's the importance of being on time. Yeah. However, in our season, what I will say about my thoughts on timeliness, we had an intern who's now, you know, a great pastor at a, a church in the uh, Kansas area, I think. Kansas City, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, while he was an intern for us, I was, like, losing it because, like, everyone to serve was gone that day, and mm-hmm. I was just going off. And he said, you know, Tyler, it's almost as though you would connect people's timeliness with some sort of salvific value. And I looked right at him and I said, well, I'm not saying I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we did have a good meeting Sunday night. And uh, so just in case someone missed uh, last week, we kind of mm-hmm. set up where our head is at as yeah. we head into this month. But but again, we're just trying to reset the rhythms and behaviors that have become so normative the past 18 months. Uh, so things like, you know... It, you can see how people have gotten very comfortable with because they they everybody's been online. Yeah, you know, some people watch the stream on Sunday, some people watch it on Tuesday. What's the difference? Right, and we've seen some of that translate to attendance on Sunday. Now that we're back in person, where it's like I can go or I can watch the stream later. There's really no difference, and I would argue that that's an unhealthy rhythm that totally. has become normative that we're trying to reset. It's wildly erratic. There's no no rhyme or reason as to when it's a big week when it's it's a little weird. You're just like, oh, okay, apparently everyone's hiking today. And right. it doesn't help. I mean, if you don't know anything about Salt Lake City, we do have access to some pretty spectacular totally. outdoors type stuff. The problem is our outdoor stuff basically is year round because in right. the summer it's like hiking and camping. In the winter it's snowing and skiboarding and then it's back to the what's, summer. Again, uh, what's so. skiboarding? Is that what I said? You said skiboarding. It was Snow- great. Or I said <laughs> snowing and skiboarding. <laughs> Skiing and snowboarding. <laughs> oh, that's oh, great. So amazing. we're trying to realign our efforts around who God's aim, uh, who we believe God has has called us to be. And so we're trying to really position our church for transforming relationship with Jesus and, and in a much deeper way, trying to get our head around that. So Sunday night, we started that by gathering together a group of people. Um, and so... Just so everyone understands, in case you decide to do something like this, mm-hmm. um, I kind of wrote down like the who, what, and when. So we had, as far as the who goes, we had those who have been with us through COVID. Yeah. Or people that maybe, because we had, I know not everybody did, but we had the like, we shut down for, what was it, March, April, May, and June. July, July and August, August. Yeah, opened we again, together September. September, October, half of November, and yeah. then had to close down again. Yeah. So we kind of, if, if people joined us through that season or were apart before and wrote it out, mm-hmm. that's the group of people that we, cause we have, we have a, this wave of new people that have come Yeah. and, and by and large, they're like the most faithful with attendance. Oh and yeah. Serving. They're like jumping yeah. in. It's been great. Mm-hmm. So we kind of wanted to reset with our kind of existing core, yeah. if you will. And so as far as what we did, we wanted to draw attention to how COVID has rewired behavior, just call call it out, because yeah. I think sometimes we're just unaware totally. of how different it is. Yep. Um, remind them of really what our aim is, that we want to position our church to experience transforming relationship with Jesus. Yep. And then we had some specific ways that we invited them to dive back in. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we were after. Yep. And we just did it on a Sunday night from 4 to 5 p.m., which I thought was... You know, pre-dinner, yeah, but 
you get your Sunday and full nap in. I thought it was the worst idea ever. I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> you could feel that. I could from feel. Me. I could feel your lack of. I just faith kept trying to present other options. Yeah. Like, well, but what if we did it like this instead? And what if uh, we did it and you were just like four to five on Sunday? <laughs> and I just thought. I mean, I genuinely thought it's going to be me and you because I have to come, and that would be the extent of it. I know. And we almost had everyone. I know. So and, let's. And let's. We had no one skip. No Everyone who wasn't there had a, had good a reason. very genuinely, like, right. out of town. Yep, totally. Yeah. So I thought it might be good for us just to talk about, I wrote down yesterday five observations mm-hmm. about this meeting. Um, and so the first one is, I would say. Can we real quick, though, yeah. like, so why do you think that worked? The, time? the four to five. I, yeah, because I think, I think it, that is, there's just so many things where people will, you know, listeners will decide, all right, I'm going to do this same thing. I'm going to get my people together. Mm-hmm. And they choose a time yeah and no one comes and so why i think well i i i mean this might vary from place to place but as i've tried to pay attention to we have found weeknights are really hard to yeah. get people to do anything it doesn't like we've done all kinds of different like mm-hmm. like book clubs and meetups and yep. church-wide stuff and prayer meetings and by and large we have a hard time getting people together during the week. Yep. And, um, I mean, I think we have thankfully people with jobs and, mm-hmm. and it's hard, like yeah. you wipe from the day and doing extra on yeah. a weeknight isn't always fun. So we seem to be finding that Sunday nights, like we've done our family night, like cookouts, that kind of stuff. Yeah. By and large, we get a good turnout yeah. when we do stuff on Sunday evening. Huh. Um, and then the four to five thing for me was specifically, there's this like, so I'm, I'm, Primarily thinking about my family's own rhythm, sure, because because we're kind of pretentious, and so I feel like we're probably the <laughs> hardest people in the church to please, right? And so, like, so we cook, you know, we we by we, I mean, like Tammy, <laughs> you do the dishes, yeah. She's yeah. like, um, there's no we. Um, so we cook most nights. Um, so I wanted something that was pre-dinner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My kids have school the next day, so okay. families whose kids like they don't want to be out necessarily till seven or eight. Mm-hmm. If you, if you do seven, which is after dinner, then you're competing with young kid bedtimes and it's harder for people to come. So from four to five, mm-hmm. I brought my kids and how had put them up in this room and had them watch like the young kids. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, so you still had time to get home, cook dinner if you needed to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or like we ended up going to in and out, which was, uh, way better decision mm. than cooking mm-hmm. and still home in time to like get kids ready for school and in bed and mm. all that stuff. But you still had time for your Sunday nap too, which was mission critical. Yes. I mean, I did not, I didn't I get was, to either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody did. I came and sat up. Yeah. Sat up. Matt Johnson told me he took a real nice long nap. Well, and I good. was like, Oh, that's good. good. For him. You've had a baby for 13 seconds. I'm glad you got your nap in. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Were you going to add no, something? I think, well, and I think the other thing to just keep in mind is that, um, I also think that due to the fact, so one, and you're going to talk through mm-hmm. like how you presented it. Mm-hmm. So I think it had some to do with the invite. Yeah. It also had to do with the fact that we are not the boys that cried wolf when yeah. it comes to a meeting. Yeah. So if every meeting you have is so important, like there is a, a church that we have a relationship with and like I'm on their email list mm-hmm. and 
everything is exciting, mm. is amazing, is groundbreaking, is life changing. Like every announcement, everything. Like we've got we've got a ministry changing announcement coming up this Sunday, and then it's like we're giving out T-shirts mm-hmm. or you know something like that. And I just think that. Um, sometimes you pull the lever too much Mm -hmm. and as people have been willing to sacrifice and show up or whatever, it has not delivered Mm -hmm. on the promise. I don't think we, I, I mean, you were the one who did most of the inviting. You'll talk Mm -hmm. about it, but I don't know that there was a promise for people's lives to be changed. It was just like, this is an important meeting. Please come. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just think that's important. If we could strike the word exciting from church Christian language, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, that, that, that's too raw for me to talk about today. Okay. It's this All early right. in the morning. I'm, I'm so over everyone trying to be exciting. It's freaking annoying. Yeah. All right. That's well, all I got. Okay. So we, we promise you a really dull time. It's going to be a boring horror. No. Uh, All right, but so, at any rate, so I think I think that's something to keep in mind as well. Totally, if you can't get people to show up, maybe it's because they already have, and it wasn't what you t- said it would. Yeah, be. you you've lied to us enough. Right. We don't believe you right. anymore. You have we no. We no longer trust your understanding. It's <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, from the Princess Bride. I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> so let's jump into these observations because yep. um, the first one ties into exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. So these are just five things I wrote down in yeah. thinking about this meeting. The first one is that personal invite matters. Yeah. Um, so I would say, tra- tell me if you think this is right. Don't you think probably at least 80% of the people that we invited came? Yeah. And like I said, I don't know anyone who declined. I know people who, because we didn't give this a six month head start yeah. um, on like, put it on your calendar. Some people genuinely were gone. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So I would, so all I did was I sent a personal invite to everyone that we wanted to come. Sure. And I think the thing that's important is roughly 80% of those who invited came and we got a 100% response. Yes. I, I think to, to be totally transparent, I think I had two that I never got a response on. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but that's it. But yeah. I mean, two out of 80, yeah. almost so not 75, bad. not bad at all. <laughs> and, and here's, so just, I was just looking this up. Here's all my text said, Hey, I'm hosting a meeting Sunday, August 29th from four to five at the MC. We're working to reset some things at Ridgeline in September. And I'd love to chat about it. Masks required. Think you guys can make it. No exciting. Yeah. No, nope. no promise to hang the moon. No nope. t-shirt giveaways, no merch. Just nope. what well, we did. We, but they didn't know about it. Well, you, <laughs> yeah, you gave away extra water bottles. You've been trying to get rid of. And well, they're, they're really nice, they but, but there was no promise in the oh, text no. of uh-huh. there's going to be yeah. free water bottles. Nah. And so, who goes anywhere for a yeah. free water bottle? <laughs> and so I think that we do, I mean, we do use mass text communication yeah. a lot. And it is very effective sure. for what we do. It's the most effective option that exists. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. I, I think what it's best for, though, is it's best for bla- like a, an information blast yeah. about like, so we don't have service this Sunday. Yeah. We sent an information, like a link to a video. So yeah. I think in notifying people about stuff, it mm-hmm. works really well. Yeah. I think when it comes to invitation, I just think it's very easy for people to go, well, this text went out to everybody. Right. I don't need to respond. Totally. This one came personal from me. Yeah. From your and, phone. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, that's just rude to not respond at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to respond. Totally. And uh, and it's and it's interesting. Like I will say I was like strategic in the way that I worded the text. Yeah. In that I didn't say 
um, how many people were going to be there. Mm -hmm. Some people came thinking like, is there only going to be six people in this meeting? Um, And so I didn't put like so much information. Again, I was trying to keep it very personal because it did matter that each of these people were there. But if they did feel like, well, there's going to be a hundred people there. So what does it matter if I go? Well, it it does matter if you go. And I think keeping it personal and private and it's invite made it feel more And you just made it the length that an appropriate text message should be. Yeah. I got to thumb up a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. It's the wrong. You choose the wrong medium. Yeah, wrong medium for that. Right. Um, What else do I think about that text? Um, I thought there was one more thing I was going to say that I'm drawing a blank on. Oh, I thought another thing that was interesting to me, because we don't invite like this very often, I had a number of people whose response was like, Am I in trouble? Mm-hmm. Is this an intervention? Yeah. <laughs> Am I being kicked out of the church? <laughs> None of which we have ever done. No, there's not one person around <laughs> to tell the no. tale, but the tale gets told. I know. So the, it was in, it was just interesting seeing people get anxious about about that. But mm. I will say, people came and they were like pretty um, interested in what are we what are we really here to talk about? Yeah, so, for sure. So I just yeah. think I think. You know, to your point, less meetings helps. Make sure your meetings are mm-hmm. are meaningful and yep. important, and don't have them unless you have to. And but this thing, I think, the personal invite was really huge. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's really just from a like meeting reminder technique, uh, I think it's always important to send a, a reminder out a few hours prior to the meeting. True. So uh, if I don't have like plans with another person, if I just like, oh, I'm gonna go grocery shopping later. Mm-hmm. And you send it out like 30 minutes before. Well, now I've got like a cart full of Costco and mm-hmm. I'm just not coming. Yeah. But that's where, you know, so our meeting was at four. Mm-hmm. I believe I sent the reminder out at one yep. of just, hey, you had said, and and also gave people the opportunity to change. We did have, uh, you know, a couple of people had to change their RSVP because of something they hadn't remembered or came up yep. or whatever. But um at the same rate, I think that's always very uh, important. And again, if you feel like, oh, that's just something else to do, uh, so many things out there nowadays allow you to schedule things. Yeah. So you just choose the time and then it goes out. Yep. So so first thing, personal yep. invites matter. Second thing I, I thought is that um, there's real power in acknowledging God's work. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're in this season right now as a church where um, it seems like everyone feels or senses like, it seems like God's doing something new mm-hmm. right now. Sure. And, um, and I think getting, getting people together and, and pointing it out and just like, call, this isn't, it's not an elephant in the room. If it is, it's a good <laughs> elephant, <laughs> yeah. but it's, Elephants but there's, could be good. that's true. There, like, I, I found that acknowledging it together and like saying out loud had this like galvanizing effect where everyone mm. walks away going, God is doing something here. For sure. What is a galvanizing effect? In that it like draws us all together, like it's solidified or mm. validates the okay. fact that something is happening. Cool. You know what's great about this podcast? What? So many things, but I love that you get to learn a new word every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and sometimes you explain them and I think, oh, I'm still not sure. You, you know what I right. think? I was I mean, we don't we don't have merch, but if uh-huh. we had merch, I've been thinking about what would I want t-shirts to say? Uh-huh. I would definitely would want the tie tie out. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then uh, I want one that just says tertiary. Oh yeah. Well that's just, <laughs> just not a word. I just feel like we would need to go super deep end. Like you gotta really be totally. a, a uh-huh. fan of this podcast. Yeah. That you, and everybody else would be like, what? It should be one that's like just all the words I've learned. Just all of them. 
you know, I like that. have them kind of laid out pretty cool. We'd have to add galvan. I didn't. I know what like when you galvanize metal or something like that. I All don't right. know about galvanizing. We're, we're people. about to find out. Let's right. look it up. Right Maybe here, real time. Galvan on the air. That's not a thing. Just press pause. That we're. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Galvanizing. Just allow. Just give me the definition, Google. Well, it is very much about metal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. Shock or excite someone into action. Uh, you said draw us coat, together. Coat with a protective layer of zinc is that what it does in, mm-hmm. in metal. Yeah. So I'm thinking you of it in us terms. in zinc? I, well, I coated us in a unified vision okay. is really what right. I feel like we I did. Can, I can appreciate that. I still feel like I used it right, but maybe I, I did I did. Right. I don't well, know. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear about it, it from like the three nerds that listen to this podcast. <laughs> But I do, I do sure. think that there is like, and and that was one thing, that, an observation that I made about, um, the week long residency I did, yeah, my spiritual direction one, that I noticed a lot of the spiritual directors who were instructing through this thing, they did a very good job of, and that's kind of really more than anything, I guess, what spiritual direction is, mm-hmm. is helping people recognize where God is already working. Totally. And and you and I were texting about this yesterday. He yeah. is always present and sure. always working. And what we're after this fall is an increased awareness sure. that he is. Because it's not like, I think it would be a, a massive mistake to think like, so we're going to do all these things to try to get God to work. And God's sure. already working. The problem is we don't have eyes to see it most of the time. And so totally. I think I think getting up and just somebody saying out loud, like, hey, God is doing something fresh and new. Right. And here's here's what we're seeing did have this really like, okay, well, instead of galvanizing, we'll go with validating. It was a it it was it was it validated what we all seem to have this shared sense about. Sure. Yeah. And I think that um it's it's to your point, like a heightened level of awareness. And for a lot of us, I think it's the reminder that it's true mm-hmm. too. It's not just a matter of like, Oh, that I know God is working. I think, I think through the past 18 months, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of question. I've had some myself mm-hmm. like, did you just like, are you, are y'all done? Yeah. <laughs> did, did humanity drive you so nuts that you were <laughs> did like, we you finally know break what? your will. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. out. Yeah, uh, and and so I think it has felt. And to your point, it was happening all along. But I think uh, so much of understanding how God is working in and through us is all about vantage point. Mm-hmm. And the vantage point m- so many of us have lived on is just hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one that's darn near impossible to see God work. Yeah, I think another. I've been thinking about this a lot over the last week um, huh. as I've been you know, meeting with people in our church and getting an opportunity, you know, some of the people I'm closer to have been more curious about like, so I want to hear more about this residency and your spiritual direction program. And as I've been sharing stories of how God worked in me Uh that week, something very interesting happens. I think that cynicism is one of the great enemies of spiritual life. Sure. Meaning like when you sense that God is doing something, that he's done something or that he has said something to you, there's immediately this voice that was like, did he? Right. Like, was that real? Did Mm -hmm. that really happen? Were you just emotional? Whatever. And there is something so powerful about um, verbalizing it and talking about it and acknowledging it that to your point uh, does 
does uh, validate. Like it's it's real. It did yeah. happen. And <clears throat> so I did, I just think the meeting was another expression of just kind of putting our finger on like God is doing something new. Mm. And, and I found that to be unifying and it seemed to, it, there was just this sense in the room of like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. And I think that was great. For sure. Um, here's another thing I think, uh, I found more encouraging than what I realized, and mm-hmm. I think other people did too. The third thing is it's encouraging to see a committed core. Um, so online worship, you know, had this very disorienting effect, yeah. and a lot of people people were displaced through COVID, and we lost sure. people through oh, COVID, yeah. like every other church, and and then so then we come back in person. And so you come like your church has been online only almost for a year. And you're yep. like, do we have anybody? Yeah. <laughs> and then you come back and then especially through the summer, attendance has been so sporadic. Yeah. People have been able to travel again. And so it would be natural to like have this question in the back of your mind. Like, does are we going to make it? Like, do we have anybody anymore? Sure. And there was something that I thought would, that was so powerful about you know, sitting in the front of the room and having, it's not this, it's not a huge group of people, but I mean, we had like 60 people yeah. and I was just looking out going, I mean, this group of people can do anything. Right. And I thought that was hugely encouraging to me. And I think of all the people in the room, I probably have the, because I get to meet with people all week long. Yeah. I have the best sense of, I know who's traveling. Mm -hmm. You know, I know these people haven't all left our church. Yeah. People are all over the place right now, but having us all together in one room, I thought was very encouraging to many people. Sure. And yeah, I think to your point, because uh, we've had comments on the other end Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've felt it as well. Uh, So on one end, it's been a blessing to see such a large number of new people coming. I mean, Mm -hmm. every week we have handfuls of new people and um, it's disorienting (laughs) to feel like I have to introduce myself to everyone because I don't know any of the outside of those who are serving this morning. And Mm -hmm. even sometimes, I mean, we've had people sign up for serving that I've scheduled and been like, I don't know who this is going to be when they walk in just because of the current kind of state of things. Mm -hmm. And so to see people that uh, you just have like a longer term relationship with all together at Mm -hmm. the same time, which has not happened since COVID started, uh, felt really, I mean, there are a few people that came that we saw for the very first time since COVID started. Yeah. And I will say at this point, good Lord, after all of the, after COVID after all of the social, political, you know, chaos of the last 18 months, to sit and look at that room, to have made it through all that, you're like, all right, we must be, we must be on the same page. Yeah, I feel like we could have had somebody there, like, doing tattoos. We probably would have had a lot of takers. I think think you have decided this is your home. Yeah. (laughs) Either that or you're too tired to look elsewhere. too tired to go anywhere else. Yeah, Yeah, it's Salt Lake City, so it's not like you've got um, options on every corner. Right. I mean, well, literally in our complex, there's one, <laughs> but yeah, that's you know, weird. We won't get into that's that. a something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's encouraging to see a committed core. Yep. Uh, number four. Um, I thought it was a good reminder that people are anxious to be led. Mm-hmm. Um, I think especially, you know, we came back very, so we kind of did this like soft relaunch into in-person in February. Mm-hmm. We came back, we could have what a hundred people total. Yeah. Everyone had to register, social yeah. distanced, masked, yeah. and so we had no children's ministry. We had yeah. uh, the simplest like band that we could have, yeah. <clears throat> no offering. Basically as spread out as they could be. It was yeah. real awkward looking. Yeah. No offering, no communion. It was just like as bare bones, 
just to be back in person. Mm -hmm. And so I, and so that was intentional and I think it went exactly the way that we needed it to go, Mm -hmm. but it has, I think felt the longer it's gone on, the more it's kind of felt like we're drifting a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and so I think now, um, there seems to be a growing sense of expectancy sure. amongst people. Like yeah. I was with uh, a couple from our church yesterday for lunch and, um, and she was just saying like, uh, I have this like sense of expectancy. Right. You know, and she did use the word excited, mm-hmm. um, that she's excited she, about what she God's doing. She can be doing. excited for herself. Totally. We can't put excitement on <laughs> no, other that's, people. That's totally it. Yeah. Um, and so I just think it was a great example of how really vision does give us something to move toward together. Sure. And that apart from that, and, and that um, there has to be more than just this like quasi awkward, sad, 90 minute stripped down service on Sunday. Sure. That's not a vision. Right. If that's it. Yeah. And I think that it wasn't. Uh, a matter of, I think one of the things that a lot of ministry leaders can be guilty of is like shoving vision down people's throats, mm-hmm. you know, that you are like constantly dragging people a certain place. And to your point, there's a general consensus of it's time. Like, yeah, it's time for the next chapter in our church that we did the church plant thing and we did the pandemic thing. And it's just been, uh, you know, a period of like, so what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, collectively, obviously God worked through uh, you and some of your experiences, but collectively it just seemed like there was, there was no convincing. You didn't Mm -mm. have to sell anyone on anything. This wasn't a call to open your home six nights a week and Mm -hmm. have strangers in and then invite them to church and bring that, you know, anything like that. It was uh, just like, Hey, we, like we need you to come to church. Right. And and we don't want you to miss out. Yeah. yeah. And that goes back to, you know, last week we talked about presenting people with accessible steps. Yeah. And so, you know, I think to to go in to still be where we are in this pandemic and be like, we need you to open your home to strangers six yeah. nights a week. I mean, most people are like, Yeah, I'm not having strangers I'm in my home at all. Over. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, but to say like all the biggest thing that we really did ask is we want you to prioritize coming to church these these last three weeks in September. Yeah. And um, my expectation is we're gonna have really consistent attendance. Yeah. Through September, I agree. based on yeah. the conversations that yeah. I've had. So, yeah, so I just think I walk away going, yeah, people, by and large, I mean, I know that some churches have, like, just some really resistant people. But by and large, most people are like, I love Jesus, you love Jesus, teach the Bible, we sing, and we want to live in community. Just just tell us where where we're going. Yeah, People want to know that. And so that, that brings me to my fifth one, which is related to it. And I just think you can never underestimate how much people appreciate clear communication. Sure. And... Um, and I think this is a huge, a huge component to actually being able to lead people effectively as being clear in communication. But I had lunch with my friend Kay this week and, uh, and she was, I was asking her what she thought of the meeting and she, her comment that I found interesting was it was, it's just, she said, I really appreciate understanding where we're heading, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, so again, it reinforces like I'm in but I would love to know what I'm in for. Sure. <laughs> and, and I think that that really requires simple, clear. And, and again, like I built a keynote, I think it had three slides mm-hmm. and it was very, very simple. Yeah. And I think that complexity is unhelpful. Yeah. Calling people to too much is unhelpful. Yeah. And so there really is an art to discerning 
what can how what can people do what can they handle right now sure and and to just keep it as clear as we possibly can great all right that's it i got nothing else all right this is a really strong finish to the end of the podcast. That's so we're going to just end them now. That's it. We got nothing That's else. It. And then I'm, it just I'm goes And then it's just dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so where we're headed is this this Labor Day. This So we're recording this on Friday. Yep. Monday's Labor Day. We, you know, one of the things that we told our church, we already knew that uh, two things. One, that we have a lot of the same people who have been serving. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to give an opportunity for them to, to catch their breath and get a break. Yep. And then two, we have a ton of people that are traveling this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we made the decision. This will probably be the most controversial thing that we say mm-hmm. on this episode. And that's okay. People don't have to agree with this. But yeah. we decided that we were not going to gather for worship this weekend. Right. That we just said, hey... I know that people are still trying to enjoy the weather and, you know, winter's coming. And so we're just going to hit pause as a church family and, and enjoy this weekend. So do your camping, do your hiking, go on a, you know, weekend, get a, whatever it is that you're going to do. But Sunday, September 12th, like we're back together. Yeah. And it was just a recognition that people were going to miss anyway. Yeah. And I I don't think it's going to be 100% effective, but I do think, uh, giving just basically choosing it all on the same one, yeah, um, and then making the ask of so choose this one, do yep. whatever you want, and you don't even have to deal with that. Like, well, we should have gone to church, right? But no, we're camping. Right. Or if people even still deal with that, it's like there ain't like, we're we're not pushing anything out at no. ten a.m. Just go do your thing. Yep. But come the twelfth and the nineteenth and the twenty sixth, yeah, we need you at church, right? And uh, so we, on the 12th, we kick off uh, a new three-week series called Positioned for Change, which is really going to be um, a three-week vision-oriented series on what, like, I think what I'm going to do, I'm still working on this, but I'm going to I'm gonna center the series around three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question is, is there more? Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is, where is God? And the third is, are you willing? Mm. Okay. Um, I'll explain it all. Okay. Don't worry. But three, but three very simple questions. I think that first one's really important. Is there more? I, I'm, I think I want to come to the end of September and have there be this really deep discontent in people with what has been mm-hmm. like a deep discontent with, um, just attending a service two times a month. Mm-hmm. And having that be the totality of one's relationship with God, I want people at the end of the month to feel like that's not enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be more yeah. to relationship with Jesus than just I come to this service a couple times a month and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I think in helping, helping people in the second week understand that God is present with us in all things, in all circumstances. And then the third one being for us to be aware of that and to recognize that we need to be willing to position our lives for it. Cool. So the question is, are you willing to do that? Because it is going to, like, I think the big thing is, I think people are willing to sacrifice for something significant. Sure. And I think because we have such a low vision of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, that for many people, it really is just a service a couple of times a month. Like who wants to sacrifice for that? I wouldn't, 
Right. I, I don't even know if I'd make, if that's all it was, I don't think I'd make the sacrifice to just come to a service two times a month. Mm-hmm. I'd rather do something else. Sure. But if there is this vibrant, intimate, real, genuine relationship with Jesus that is accessible to us, and all I have to do is order my life to experience that, yeah. then I think I'm willing to make sacrifice to, to be positioned to experience the transcendent God of the universe in my daily life. That yeah. feels like a big win. So that's what we're going to work on. So what we'll do is uh, each week we're just going to kind of debrief um, what has, we'll talk about where, so next, next week, let's see. So when is this coming out? This will come out on Monday, which is mm-hmm. Labor Day. So the next episode, yeah, we'll be talking about the kickoff of that series. Yeah. Cool. All right. I like it. I feel like this was good. How did you feel? I feel like it was pretty good. Yeah. You all right? Yeah. All right, good. I feel very galvanized. Oh, you are. I hate you. I have to spend now three days with you. Oh, uh, yes, you And do. you're kicking it off with me mad at you for being mean. <laughs> oh, that's not surprising. Right. Yeah, that's true. We were headed there anyways. Yeah. All right. Well, if this is your first time with us, this is what it's always like. If you're wondering, is it always sort of contentious and mean? And Mm -hmm. do I always make fun of your uh, illiteracy? Yes. All those things are true. Yeah. Yeah. All those things are true. Usually my singleness, but yeah. yeah. I don't make fun of your singleness. I just, Mm. I'm just checking in. So if you're a listener and you have heard Ryan, are you seeing anybody? I just want to make, it's been a busy month. I'm just checking in. Maybe you're dating somebody these days. Oh, yeah. 27 years (laughs) that we've known each other. And now it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Also, if I find out you're dating someone while we're recording this podcast, I'm going to be pissed. The wheels are coming off. Yeah, yeah. But if you have, have enjoyed it, you can help us in three ways. You can subscribe to From the Field wherever you listen to podcasts. You can leave a review. How much ice is in your water bucket at the moment? Tyler drinks out of the largest, <laughs> loudest metal canteen filled with ice and insists on drinking straight into the mic. I was trying to do it really slow, and I could tell that was just making it worse, it was so worse. I didn't know how to help. Abort. All right, so subscribe to From the Field wherever you listen to podcasts. You can leave us a review, which helps uh, more people hear about the podcast, and then we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H U G U L E Y. You can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D R E W I T Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Ta ta out. Is that it? Have we landed now after 61 mm, we'll episodes? See. That's your catchphrase? Ah, we're going to switch it up. All right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs>